what is off the groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack. Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. Recording? Yeah, I'm recording. Why do you always ask me that? Because I don't want to do this again. That's fair. There's been a couple times where I wasn't recording, but I am recording and we're I'll rolling. Say, we're starting. I'll say there was one one time we did an intro that you weren't recording and maybe one time we started talking to a guest that you weren't recording. Okay. That's it. Two times. How many times? Two times we... out of out of a year and a half and 60 some episodes. So out that's of not a, bad part. So that's at least 100 some recordings because we do intros, we do outros, then we do the recordings and there's been two times. Okay. 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 Stop bragging. <laughs> Just saying my record's pretty good. Anyway, okay, but I'm gonna keep checking. We started. I don't want to do this twice. This is started. How's it going? It's good, man. Hey, guess what? It's Friday. It is Friday. I'm doing an ice. I'm doing an ice race tonight, and I'm excited, man. I've never worked for this series before, and I'm stoked. Where's your ice race? Loveland, Colorado, and it's cold here. Man, I'll tell you, this whole week, it seems like everybody I know has been posting about how damn cold it is everywhere they are. I heard schools were closed because it's too cold. They don't want the kids to stand outside to get the school bus and stuff like that. I so mean, I, I I can't really think back how many times I've ever heard that happen. I heard in some places the mail wasn't running. Like, that's insane. Like, the people were, weren't going to work because the cars wouldn't start. Like, it's insane. And what are you doing? Wearing a t-shirt down there in Florida? I could have worn a t-shirt this week, but it would have been really cold. I put on a jacket. But right now, you look really good in that new Vanilla Cycles shirt that you got. Yeah, I got like, some Vanilla Cycles gear, and I got some stickers. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked on that. You're dialed in. Dude, get you some Vanilla Cycles gear. I love their logo, I got to tell you. I've, I've got like three of their shirts, but uh, now I was wearing one the other day, and now my buddy wants one, so that I'm going to have to buy him one. So. The logo's on point. I love it's it. It's cool. Absolutely. Yeah, it's good stuff. Did you see the big news the other day? Oh, boy. Which, which, which one's that? There's a few things. Well, well, a little bit. So Indian Motorcycle came out with their contingency. Last week, we talked a little bit about a few other manufacturers from on the other side of the pond. Yep. Now, Indian's got a huge contingency for every race and $25,000 if you win the championship running an Indian. Just like they do on the track. They blow everybody else out of the water with their contingency plans. I guess what? What? 41 days to Daytona TT. Yeah, I saw your post earlier this week. What was it, like the 43 with your number plate? 43 days to Daytona? Yeah. yeah. Dude, you know what? That's probably one of the things I'm most proud of as a flat track racer is having a national number. Even though I only had it for two years, the year I got it was the same year my cousin died, so I didn't get to race it very many times. But yeah. it's still a proud moment for me just to have a national number. No, I think that that's, I mean, I, I will never know what that's like. There's a lot of people who will never know. There's a lot of people that race, spend their entire career racing and never know what that's like. So feather in your cap for sure. It's pretty badass for sure. Um, and uh, less than it's going to be less than 40 days to Daytona after this weekend. That's just in, that's insane to think about. It's getting close. Spe and speaking of Daytona, did say, you see they, they revealed the track on the Rolex daytona 24 hour race yeah i mean we'd heard the rumors of you know certain things we didn't really know what was going to happen but we knew something was changing and uh boy it's changing yeah first off i want to say how cool it was to have shana texter on the on the broadcast on tv you know representing our sport and they showed some racing from the meadowlands it was pretty cool uh i like how we're cross-pollinating maybe gonna try to pick up a few new fans but 
Let's go back to the TT. We're going to be racing on the high bank. So we're going to come out basically onto the track where they come off of Daytona turn number four, go up the high bank a little bit across the start finish line of the Daytona racetrack and then go back into the infield. So it's going to be exciting. We're going to be on pavement. I personally can't think of a time where a grand national flat track race has raced on pavement. That, I mean, that was going to be my question. And it's probably the newbie again, just asking stupid, silly questions, but like, I, I don't. It's never happened before. Not in a grand not national. That, not that I can think of. I'm gonna have to check with my statistician Bert Sumner and just to verify that. But not as the, not as a grand national. There in, was a series called Mars a while back that was a motorcycle asphalt racing series. Okay. And they, all they they raced on were asphalt oval tracks. They actually some people would real, run steel shoes. Some people would road race it. Um, they they had different styles and. They put on a show. Sparks would be flying because they'd be dragging foot pegs. Yeah. Uh, some people that wore their steel shoes, sparks would fly out their steel shoe. Um, but as a Grand National, I don't know that we've ever raced on pavement or asphalt. Before. And forgive me again, because you know I'm just learning the flat track world. I do a little bit with outdoor uh, motocross, but like the supermoto is what usually goes from dirt and yeah. pavement. Okay. Exactly. I don't know much about exactly supermoto at all. I think, uh, you know. I never raced the Supermoto. I did some practicing uh, here locally, and they actually used a go kart track. So yep. you know it's kind of windy, like a like a miniature road race course. But then you have one section usually, or two sections, where you go off of the pavement onto dirt, have some jumps or some whoops, and then come back onto the dirt. The biggest thing is, I think, is when you come off the dirt onto the pavement, you're gonna have dirt on your tires. Will you have wheel spin? You know, it's going to be yeah. a lot to try to hook up those twins, you know, getting onto the high banks. And I'm curious to see how high up the high bank they're going to go. Or are they going to shoot down low or stay down low? Uh, are they going to mark it so they have, you well, know, so they make them go up on the high bank? That's what I'm going to be curious well, to see. Well, it's not going on the high bank. It's on the front stretch, right? The high banks are in the turns, but well, it's still banked it's for still, sure. It's still, yeah, it's still banked pretty good. I stood there before and watched the Supercross. And you're, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, my ankles hurt at the end of the night. 100%. It's still banked pretty high i mean yeah it's not as high bank as the corners yeah those things are like three stories tall and the, in the, in yeah, the turns you that can't would walk be up though. so it <laughs> but it, it's still going to be interesting so the one thing that i have is is a you know i'm still green to the whole thing like it, tires like how are they different tires because you're we have to run spec tires yeah so everybody would be on the same tires in in supermoto they're more of a slick yeah and they can kind of groove them up a little bit so they get traction in the dirt but they're they're Supermoto is probably more pavement or more asphalt than dirt. Here it's going to be the opposite. You know, we're just going to have that one long straightaway, it looks like, and it might have an arc in it. I'm not sure how they'll mark the front straightaway um, or the straightaway, you know, up closest to the fans, but um, we'll have to wait and see on that. But, you know, we have to run dirt track tires or flat track tires. It's uh, apparently uh, Ferran has a pretty strong Supermoto background, so I know why uh, why the folks at Vanilla Cycles are pretty stoked on uh if they knew anything about that, that's why they're probably thinking that Ferran's going to win that win that Daytona, oh. Daytona TT. But if you think back to, you know, we talked about this a little bit last week. He fast qualified he and did. fell off twice in the main event, still got like sixth. So he keeps it on two wheels. I'm sure the jitters are gone. He's going to be, I think, the man to beat in the singles class. It's going to be interesting in the twins because it's 
it's going to be different for everybody. Who else? I mean, who else a has a supermoto background? Doesn't Chad Coase have one? I saw him post. Chad something Coase about does. It. I think you know a few of those other guys. Uh, Bonzi might have wrote some supermoto stuff. I know he he road raced a little bit. JD does road race and dirt track. So you combine those two, but I, I man, I don't know. The supermoto stuff you know was popular there for quite a while, and it's kind of fallen off you, a little bit. You so. think somebody like Jeremy's is worried about that, or you think he's like eager to do that? I don't know. I think he's won the first two Daytona races, so it might make him want to focus more, if that's even possible, because he's the most focused rider that I know. Yeah. But but to me, how do you practice for that? You, you, you know? don't. I mean, you, you there's don't. no there's no banking that you can go ride on unless you go, you know, rent a, an asphalt car track or something like that and try to practice. But I don't know, man. I think it's going to be exciting. You know, I think it's going to it might even the playing field a little bit maybe i mean i don't know we'll have to see i, I like it I, I like trying new things i like the idea of of uh mixing it up a little bit i just i, I don't know everything i've known and I, it's been a two-year three-year span of flat track has been on dirt so to me i can't imagine somebody who's like lived their life you know flat track is dirt and dirt only like being okay with it but i mean again like there's been a lot of things they've done and tried that i've absolutely loved and I don't know that I'm not tied to the dirt only thing right now, but it's definitely different to, to think about. Absolutely. Also coming out just a few days ago was the super hooligan 2019 schedule and the black poster of the, the flyer that they got. It's really cool. The list of the dates is across the bottom and they're going to be at the Daytona TT, but last year they were at the Daytona TT, but they made a short track down there towards turn number one. So I'm yeah. assuming that's what they're going to do with those great big heavy bikes um, they may mix then, it up too. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, you never know. And then they're going to be at the Paris, you know, half mile, which is May 11th. So yep. they're going to be on there. And did you see how they're wrapping up the season? Dude. They're going to have a Moto, they're gonna have a Moto Beach Classic out in Huntington Beach. And yeah. then they're coming to your neck of the woods over to Daytona Beach to have another Moto Beach Classic, one on each coast. I love it. You're coming down for that, right? Well, I, I haven't planned on it, but I. No, I think you're planning on it you know now. What? What's cool is I live in Oklahoma, so it's probably about the same distance to either side. So maybe I should go to both. Well, I'll be jealous if you know. get a both. I, I might not make it out to the West Coast, but I'm definitely making it out to one in Daytona. And you have to be there. If I got to call Roland Sands and beg him to make you an announcer, you'd want to be an announcer, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, I, I want to announce as many races and as many uh, events as I can every year no, um, i think it I would never, be cool you I, I don't hardly ever turn on any work especially if there's motorcycles and going fast involved i would love to announce the super hooligan series i would love to see you down here i i'm i want to check out one of those hooligan races and that one's right in my backyard um i'll definitely be down there for daytona but those moto beach classics are pretty special races and events from what i've seen so i'd, I'd definitely love to see the one on the east coast in november what is it november 9th and 10th something like that yeah. we'll have to check into that we'll let you know more i mean that's quite a ways away but yeah. man it's cool to see their their series their schedules out their series is growing and growing and it's pretty cool also the other day did you see that brian smith video did you see that did you see the look on his face dude i chills just thinking about it right now that's it's one of the best if not the best promo i've ever seen aft put out it the, i mean how many times have you watched it seven eight thousand probably no it's i was gonna say you you watched it seven times just since we logged on it's, Skype. dude I, I i don't even think they needed the bike like i wanted it, everybody wants to see the bike right but like even if you just had that video of brian smith cracking that slow motion smile and that rev of that engine going 
oh, it's just like I am so amped to see what he does on that bike and what that bike does in 2019 and that video oh so good so good you loved it dude I can tell you loved it dude geeking out still and I've watched it thousands of times maybe not thousands hundreds though I've, I've watched it yeah. you watched it a lot it's great fantastic can you tell I'm a fan uh, I can tell you're a flat track fan yeah. we got you hooked Yes, you got sir. rid of those four wheels with the cages, and you came over to the. I don't even know what you're talking side. about. Don't even know what you're and talking now about. Now you're a, now you're a flat track fan for life. I was there for seven, almost eight years, and I'm, it's only two wheels from here on out. So also last weekend looked like Robbie Bobby had a successful weekend. Uh, it looked like they had to fight Mother Nature a little bit. Some of the pictures I saw, the tires were really muddy, but looked like they had some fun racing down there in Pensacola. Yeah, so um, even some uh, old flat trackers we haven't heard from or seen from in a while were out there. Dalton Gautier was racing his event, so it was pretty interesting to see him out hmm. there. Who knows if I wonder, uh, if he, I wonder if he's completed that road to recovery yet. Who knows? I think he mentioned something that he's on that. No, uh, he might be coming back if he threw his name in the hat in the 2019 season. That would be super interesting as well. Who knows? And I'm assuming he hasn't had his license for two years, so he'd have to start back over in the AFT singles class. I'm sure. Man. But that dude was That's bad fast, and he's got for the first he's got three talent. Rounds. Yeah, he's got yeah. talent. So I'd, I'd love to love to see him complete that road to recovery and, and throw his name in the hat. And why not? There's there's plenty of others that are jumping in that singles class. Why not? Or hell, why not? He can ride a twin too. I bet. Uh, maybe in the production twins, I think you have to have certain experience. And okay, I don't know if he's got he's got enough. So we'd have Fair to read enough. the rule book on that. But I think he'd have to start all the way over at the at the AFT singles class and, gotcha. and work his way back up. But um, what else? We saw, oh, we saw some uh, testing going on there at Traveler's Rest. Yeah. Carver's out Best there. Guys. That Indian. Yeah. Who else is out there with him? Have you seen mm, him? I'm not sure. Yeah? Well, maybe, you maybe know something I don't. Guys. Maybe. You know something I don't. And, and, you're not and there's going to be a race there coming up March 30th. And uh, racing Jason Griffin is uh, responsible for putting that race on. We, I talked to him earlier this week, and uh, maybe we'll have him on the podcast here pretty soon. Yeah, that'd be You know cool. who that is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did, They did a feature with him. Um, one of the first NBC features, actually, was with him, right? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're going a little bit bigger than what I was thinking. I was just thinking about you might have seen him at the races or something. No, I've seen him at the races, for sure. The one-armed bandit. Yeah. He, uh, he, he does not have a right arm. It's unbelievable. He flat track. It's unbelievable. Like, I can't He's even... My hero. He, he, he's one of my heroes. So that'd be cool to have him on talk about his event and what he does. And Hey, uh, do you got any guests lined up today, or are we just going to sit here no and talk guess. to each other? No guests. We can just sit here. I mean, we've been going for a minute. These intros are getting longer and longer. we got to find a way to t- tighten these up. Is that good or bad? I don't is know. Too, is it bad? I don't know. You mm-hmm. tell me. People are still listening, so I guess they're not tuning out. Maybe they're just hanging around to... So we can shut up and you, listen to the interviews. Can you fast forward through this part? Absolutely. What I'll start doing is I'll, I'll post the time code for when the interview actually starts so people can <laughs> people know when to jump to. Uh, so I got one, an interesting one this week. Uh, one that, uh, it's actually one that a couple riders have recommended. You, at one point, mentioned that it would be a cool idea. And uh, I thought we'd, we'd do it this weekend. Um, Tim uh, with Pro Plates, Tim Hendrick. Yeah, man, he's he's a cool dude. I know he's been in the game for a long, long time. Uh, I run into him periodically at the races, and he always he always he'll come find me no matter where I'm at. Yeah, and at least say hi, shake my hand, and you know he's made some of my 43 stickers that I've handed out in the in the pits before and stuff like that. And yeah, 
and he's just a cool dude and man a lot of people use his product i had no idea all the stuff he's done and all the you know designs that he's made and all the the, the different riders he's worked with um i'm definitely looking forward to hearing the story behind you know what started how he started that and what he does to to work with these riders and i know it's just not number plates i know he does a lot of other things too so we'll have to figure out exactly what he does and maybe how to order your own custom number plates or your own custom graphics all right let's get to it you want to give him a call Dial the number. You I can't do, do, do it from do. over here. I'm dialing. You ready? Hey, what's going on? Hey, I was looking for some number plates for my brand new trash can. I'm going to race it down the hill over here in Oklahoma. Can I get some from you? You got the wrong number, man. <laughs> oh, come on now. I was looking for pro plates. I was looking for Tim. Oh, Tim, what's yeah, been, you, what's you, been you, going you, on, you man? How, how are you? I'm really doing well. How can you be it's doing that bad. well if it's minus 30 degrees in Michigan? How, tell me tell me how somebody is doing that well living up there. I'm in Wisconsin, so it's only minus 14 right now. Oh, okay. So I was just a state over. I see. Yeah, a state and some water out of the way. What was I thinking? <laughs> That's about it. Oh, it's brutal, man. It's uh, a good night not to leave the house. Yeah, I, I tell you what, it's I, I think they're talking like wind chills pushing sixty below at night. So ah, that's ridiculous, dude. Wow. I know. I, I, you can tell the season is getting close uh, with the amount of <laughs> the amount of phone calls I'm getting this time of year. So it's good. Well, it's I figured good. this would be about your busy season. Some people are getting new numbers. Some people are just you know getting new number plates, getting dialed up for the 2019 season. So I figured I'd get get you on the horn and. And uh, get to know you a little bit, and then you know, find out some more information about pro plates. So uh, uh, I haven't seen yeah. you since the, I guess I think last time I saw you was the the Minnesota race, and you kind of popped in my announcer booth. Somehow you go everywhere. I mean, I think you have more clearance than I do, but you showed up and you're trying to mess me up up there, and I just had to keep on talking. Didn't even get to say hi. I think I shook your hand. I think that was it. Yeah, right on, man. I, yeah, um, I had to stop and say hi to my bud, so because I'm wandering around. Yeah, I love it. Well, let's get to know Tim, and uh, we'll start off by where were you born? I was born in Wisconsin, a little town of Clintonville, up uh, northeastern Wisconsin. Okay, is that where you a live whole now? A bunch of years ago. No, I don't. <laughs> I live in Baraboo, Wisconsin. Um, you're you're speaking to foreign to me. This, I know. I've never heard of these words you're talking to me right now. I know, I know. Uh, Clintonville's famous for the four-wheel drive company. They built trucks, uh, fire trucks, and stuff like that. And then uh, Baraboo is uh, all about the circus here. So okay. Ringling Brothers was uh, okay. out of here. So, so, so I fit you, right in. I was going to say, are you part of the circus? <laughs> Sometimes I think I am. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. So, so what, was it like, what was it like growing up in, in a little town in Wisconsin? Uh, you know, it was fun, man. Um, I get on cheese factories, so I spent my summers doing that and uh, just tearing around doing kid stuff, you know. Back when you had uh, four channels, including PBS, so <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> that was about it, you know. You, <laughs> you got volunteered to bail hay every now and then and do all that kind of stuff, too, so right it was fun. Right on. It was so, you know, tying fishing line across the sidewalks and sitting and watching people see if they, you know, stumble, whatever. 
typical typical kid stuff before the internet came out, right? Pretty much. I know we couldn't even videotape it then. So, <laughs> so how did you first get in, in into motorcycles? I mean, was it later in life? Did you ride motorcycles as a kid? You know, we tore around. We had you know little Honda fifties or whatever we bounce around on, and you know we rode a little bit when we were younger, and you know through. 18, 19 years old. Never really followed much of the racing until probably about the early 80s. And then, you know, I'd get home and you'd watch flat track on ESPN at that time. So, and that's how I kind of had a little interest, you know, watching Jay Springsteen and, and Steve Moorhead and some of those guys back in the day. And man, I would have never dreamt that I would have been uh, doing number plates for them and getting to know the guys, you know, it's kind of cool. Yeah, that is really cool. So you watched on TV and then what did you do? Just find a local race somewhere? Did you go to a Grand National? Or what was your first race like? Well, we had some local racing at the fairs and stuff like that. And so you'd watch a little bit of local, you know, you'd, you'd watch some fair races. And then uh, there's a local track up in Marshfield that ran, uh, was a dirt track. They ran stock cars and stuff. And then they'd have the bikes come in, Steve Caston and, you know, Cliffiacus and some of those guys would race on the dirt track back in the day. And, you know, so that was my first introduction to it. Um, back some time ago already. Yeah. Yeah. How, how different for you is it watching it on TV as opposed to being at the race in person? I, you know, I'd rather be at the race in person. Um, I like to stand down the corner and shoot a few photos and, you know, it, it's a busy day at the track is, got to make my rounds, thank everybody, talk to my customers, see what else I can do for them. And, you know, that's the part I like about it is with anything, you know, racing on TV, it's great when you can't be there, but nothing like being at the track, you know, nothing even comes close. How many nationals did you go to in the 2018 season? Uh, probably five, six. Five or six, somewhere in there. Okay. So you just pick um, your favorite ones and, and head that way? I, that's pretty much it. And, you know, Shakopee's nice and close. So within three hours, I could be up there. Um, I'm about four hours from Springfield, about four hours to Peoria. And Lima's pushing the nine hour mark. So I just, I pick the ones, you know, that I enjoy that, you know, some of my favorite tracks. So, like going back, uh, Springfield is the first track that I ever went to back in 2000 after I bought the business. Okay. And, uh, so it's a special place. And I had the first time there, I was blown away. <laughs> it's like, man, I can't wait to come back. So been doing it ever since. Awesome. Well, uh, do you have any other hobbies besides motorcycle racing that you, that you enjoy when you're not, you know, out at the racetrack? Yeah, actually, uh, Lynn and I, we go, we do a little hiking every now and then, um, do a little photography, do some kayaking, and then in the winters I curl a lot. <laughs> you curl, so that means you lift a lot of weights. Yeah, something like that, um, or push rocks down ice. You know, oh, so. oh, the curling like I that, see in the that, Olympics. That, I got gotcha. you. That, that that kind of curl. Yeah, you know, you know Tyler Porter. Um, yep. The buddy Tyler was up here in January. He wanted to learn how to curl actually last year about mama try time and took him out on the ice kind of dug it so he came back in january and i took him to a bounce field and 
had a real good time with them. So we actually, uh, actually, uh, our curling club in Portage, Wisconsin is noted for having some pretty, pretty good Olympic level curlers come out of it. So while I was there, Madison Bear, who is actually in Sweden this weekend, curling in the world's was there practicing. She was home from college. So Tyler had the opportunity to meet a, a real curler, not like us, you know, old guys like me that go and just do it for a good time, you know? So did, did she give you guys some pointers? You bet she did. Well, him, <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. he, he needed, he needed them, but that worked out well. We had a good time. Let's get into pro plates. You just said a moment ago that you bought pro plates around 1980. Is that is that what you no, said? No, 2000. It was actually okay. 2000. Um, okay. Paul Crumling founded Pro Plates in 1985. And I uh, would have been somewhere in March, April of 2000. Uh, Larry Strangfell, who was overseeing the Central Wisconsin Ice Racing Association, contacted me to do the awards for their series. And um, he had stated that, unfortunately, Paul had passed away uh, in, in the late, you know, later part of 99. And so I put the awards together for him, and he told me that Pro Plates was for sale. I was kind of looking for a means to be able to, you know, get in the graphic side of it full time. Um, and so I called Penny coming up and talked to her for a few hours on the phone and decided I was going to go out to Mount Wolf PA and load it up in a trailer and bring it back to Wisconsin. And I'm glad I did. You know, I was lettering a bunch of race cars at the time. Um, actually, I, was, I lettered Johnny Sauter's first race cars when he was just turning 18 <laughs> back in the late 90s before he uh, went on to win truck championships and so on and so forth. So hey. I was very fortunate in that respect, too. But, yeah, so I, I believe it was uh, – about May of 2000, I drove out, loaded everything up, and by June I was tearing into it. So, so do you have do you have the shop set up at your house, or do you have it set up at at your job, or where do you make the plates at now? I I actually work out of my home. I I have everything set up. I've got my shop set up in the basement. Um, got a 54 inch rolling printer, big laminator, the 30 inch rolling printer, and go to work and design everything and, and put it together here. So, wow. so whenever you first got everything set up, do you remember whose number plate you built first or who's, who's you made first? Who was your first customer? There were a few orders that came with the business. And I believe Jimmy Sumner and Brent Armbruster were a couple of the early ones. And then Terry Pooby really took me under the wing and man, he's, He's the guy that uh, when I go to the racetrack, he's, he's the guy that got me hooked up with a, a lot of a lot of people at the time. So, but yeah, Jimmy and and Brent were the first two that I recall that I made plates for. Right after That's I bought awesome. the business. That's awesome. So how is, how have things changed from back when you first started in 2000 until today? When I first started making the number plates, everything was painted. Um, I cut out a mask, an airbrush, and and paint, and now it's all digitally printed in reverse. And so you could do some really cool stuff. I mean, like Willie McCoy, I would send him a set of plates, and I'd have ghosts, flames, and pearl 
you wouldn't even know I was doing this stuff. And the sun would hit it, it would kind of glitter up. You're like, oh man, that's that's kind of cool. You know, it was fun, fun stuff like that you could do, which it's a little bit different now with with printing. And and I still do paint a few every now and then when I get some cool custom orders and kind of brings back you know that memory. Uh, back then I was also doing the AMA Pro Racing Awards from 2000 till 2005 before I bought a digital printer. Those were all painted by hand too. Wow. And some of them would be eight, nine colors sometimes for supercross, motocross, whatever it may be. Dang. That, this is, man, this is good stuff. I, I, I didn't know you did all this stuff. I just knew you were this as the, the pro player guy and the sticker guy. So man, it's cool to have some more history on what, what, you know, what you do. So do you do pro plates as a full-time job or do you have another job as well? I do this as a full-time job. You know, I, and I have local customers. I have uh, some people that I letter their trucks and semi-trailers and so on and so forth also. But yeah. over the last few years, uh, the pro plate side of it has become busier and busier with designing shirts and, and you know, offering other things that it keeps me kind of going, you know, throughout the year now. Um, there was a time where I was lettering 50 race cars a year, and now I'm down to about one or two for good friends of mine. So, okay. you know, and, and, and by keeping, you know, by working on my house, it helps me keep the cost down too. So, you know, I don't have to uh, take on as, as much of the local work as what I, what I once would have had to. Man, with lettering the it, semis and stuff. It sounds like you you do a whole lot. It sounds like you're a super busy guy. Do you do everything yourself, or does somebody else work with you, or is it just one man show? It's a one man show. You know, I like to keep it that way. Um, less headaches, I guess. Um, so I do. I keep it that way, and I try to just uh, keep it somewhat balanced and. And so I don't, uh, well, during the summer, it gets a little bit hectic. And, but the winters, I can keep it so it's a pretty even flow. And during the summer, sometimes it, it, can, it can peak out pretty good on you. Because you get a lot of, well, you, you know, I'm doing a lot of the stuff that the guys are selling also. And so you get some weeks that you get, you get a little bit behind, but it's all, it's all good. I when I when I used to have to hand paint everything, there were a lot of sleepless nights. It seemed like because mm. it was a lot more time consuming to do those types of plates, whereas this is a little bit easier. So, how many how many riders would you say you work with on a on a regular basis, or is it just do you just get different customers all the time? You know, AFT twins guys, probably thirty to thirty five of them somewhere in there give or take but amateurs and you know vintage guys it's i don't even know um at any given time i could have 15 different riders that i've got stuff that i'm getting ready to ship to you know 20 guys whatever so it gets pretty it, it, it keeps me going it's fun because it allows me to design some different stuff um for the vintage guys and, and so on and so forth that you can't typically do, you know, for the standard AFT plates, what we have 
what we have to follow there. So, um, I, so it's fun. It allows you to be creative, for sure. I, I think we were talking about halfway through the season last year at one of the races, and and you brought up the point that every rider in I can't remember which race we were talking about, but every rider was running a pro plate and number plate. That's got to make you feel really good. You know, I must be doing something right once in a while because <laughs> it really is. It, it's it's pretty cool when you go up. It's like, wow, all these guys, you know, in this eighteen bike main have my plates on them. That's a it's a pretty it's a pretty pretty great honor at this level, you know, to have that many people that believe in you and are running your product. Um, it's pretty cool. It's really cool. So. so not many people can say that, I guess. Exactly. So what sets your product apart from others in the same business? I mean, why why should somebody choose Pro Plates? You know, a friend of mine asked Terry Pooby that a whole bunch of years ago. And all he said, because it's Tim. <laughs> I should say, <laughs> let me rephrase it. Because it's Tim. <laughs> it was awesome. You oh, know, cool. and I, yep. I don't know. I, you know, I, I think it's the service side of it. Um, when it comes to the AFT side of it, the service side of it's important because you might have riders, you know, on a different bike, um, and they find out at the last minute that they're going to be riding so and so's bike, and they need they need the number plates there, you know, on a Friday, and it's Wednesday night, or in some cases it's Friday night, and they know I'm going to be at the track on Saturday, you know, so. I'm fortunate enough that I can provide that kind of service because I have all these numbers on file that I can put it together. And if I'm going to be at the track, I can bring it with. And, and I think maybe that has a lot to do with it. And when you're doing Jared Mises and Kenny Colbats and Jake's and everybody's, I guess that and Sammy's, it, it kind of, kind of lets everybody know that, Hey, maybe this guy's the guy to go to too. I, so I don't know. I don't know what else sets it all off. Um, just try to provide a good product and at a fair price. Okay. Which uh, which plate are you the most proud of making? You know, the ones that really had me feeling good are the ones I did for Cool this year. There was the artwork on the back. You know, and, and the way he accepted it and i mean yeah, i was very proud of those and to have them hanging them all up in his at his place uh, means a lot to me um otherwise you know the x game stuff was a lot of fun the first minnesota race and the two in texas um there's a lot of them i, <laughs> I would go with even the carver tie that one was one that made me smile you know mm-hmm. like this is fitting Yep. Just when you have the opportunity to do something pretty cool like that, um, they all got a special place. But, you know, even the Willie McCoy flames up stuff. Um, and then the awards, you know, the award side of it, too. So to pick one is pretty damn tough. I got gotcha. you. So I, I was lucky enough to win uh, the the one of the one, one of the plates he raffled off, uh, Kenny Colbeth raffled off. And, and I've got it sitting right here above my TV. And, and for those people that don't know, it has the number two on the front with all the proper stickers. But on the back, they have significant backs for each racetracks. And, man, mine's just in there right now from Rapid City, South Dakota, Black Hills, Half Mile. And 
you know, I'll never, ever let that go. And, of course, Kenny signed that for me. And then also I bought one of Jeffrey Carver's tie-dyed uh, number plates that you did for the X Games, and that's sitting right beside it. So those are two of my favorites for sure. Um, nice. But, you, yeah, you do a lot more than just number plates. I mean, you, you made some stickers for me with my number 43 on there that I used to run. And and But do you do, do, you do um, like, side panels for 450s? Do you more – do you do graphics for these bikes too, or just is it just number plates and stickers? I do the graphics also. Um, Jesse Janish, I do uh, his graphics on his Cowies, uh, Morgan Mischler, um, Parker Lang, got my Wisconsin guys here. Uh, I send out quite a few number packages for the DTX bikes too. Uh, um, Shifts himself out to Terry Reimer and to the Waters team and. So, you know, I do the DTX stuff also. I've got actually a few DTX kits I'm working on right now. Uh, just they'll be finishing up and shipping out this week. Okay. Um, so for some just, amateur just, riders. Just for flat trackers or do you do some motocross guys too? Um, not really any of the motocross guys. They probably don't even know who I am. So I just uh, primarily focus on my niche and that is the flat trackers and, um, I'll be also doing some stuff for Parker Lang. Tyler Porter put a program together this year, and, and Parker is going to be the writer that Tyler's going to help out. So we'll be doing some cool stuff with uh, with Parker's graphics package also this year. Man, you are a busy guy. You're a busy, busy guy. Uh, and I don't know how you keep track of everything. Uh, <laughs> you know, as I get older, it gets tougher. Right, right. <laughs> You gotta start writing stuff down. I know, I know. I I just can't remember it all like I used to. Right, exactly. You know, it's it's good. I, I I try to maintain so it's not overwhelming. You know, you yep. just check stuff off um, as the day goes by. Okay. Let's talk about the 2019 season a little bit. So, how many nationals do you think you're gonna go to this year? Um, I would like to probably. I like to to pick up one new track this year and so i'm looking at maybe six maybe seven or eight at the most all right um, that's kind of kind of what i'm looking at this year how many you are said, you gonna go to i'm gonna i'm gonna go to all 18 <laughs> grand nationals plus as many other races steve nace races and i'm doing some ice races and starting okay. next weekend and or this weekend actually tonight and then, uh, you know, arena cross, I, I go everywhere. You know, I'm, I'm not just stuck on uh, flat track. So I do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So um, you mentioned some new races. Is that new to you? Or are you talking about some of those new races on the schedule? The new races on the schedule. Um, Lynn has family out in Maine. And so I've talked to them. I think they're about three hours from Laconia. So I may cruise on out to Laconia and hook up with uh, Lynn's brothers out there and, and hang out a little bit for the weekend and check out a new track there. Um, thought about maybe <laughs> Daytona is up in the area. We'll see. Um, but I'll, I'll for sure make the same ones, you know, got to go to Jared and Nicole's race in Lima and enjoy Springfield every year. Peoria is always fun. So Shaka close. Take a few friends up there this year, I think. And, uh, and then pick and choose the rest. Um, I, I've heard that this is Eddie Mulder's last year of putting on the race out at Willow. And oh. so 
speaking about maybe sneaking up there too, you know. <laughs> I was gonna say, I think I better put that on my list too, because I've I've never been there. You know, usually there's something going on, or the season's just wrapping up, and I'm ready to get home and and put my feet, you know, put my feet up for this for the off season. But I might have to check that out. Right. So you brought up well, Daytona. It's early, it's early this year. It's early this year. Um, oh. It's going to be in May, I believe. It's during the West Coast swing. Is okay. what I've been told. All right. Well, I better do some research on that and get get ready for that myself. So, just a moment yeah, ago, you done. you brought up the Daytona TT. Did you see the new layout and and what are your thoughts on it? I did. I saw the new layout. Um, you know, everybody's got a race on the track, so it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, we did Supermoto had a dirt section, a lot of different pavement section, but it, it'll be interesting. Um, I'm looking forward to it, actually. You know, bring on something different. There's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. Um, See how it goes. And and it works great. If it, and I think it will. I think it'll be fine. I think you know, bringing on something new. I I never would have pictured us racing inside the Buffalo Chip before, and what a huge success that's been. So I'm not opposed to something new either. So I'll be excited to see how how it works and you know, see the big twins up there on the high banks. I think it'd be pretty cool. So, um, yes. what are your, what are your thoughts on the new production twins class? So do you like that? Do you, do you dislike it? What are your thoughts? Well, I do. I like it. You know, I hope that they stick with it. Cause I think this is probably about the third time in the last 12 years they brought forth uh, basic twins or production type twins class. I could be wrong, but it seems like somewhere around there. I, pretty early on so i hope that's something that they stick with because it gives singles riders an opportunity to get on a bigger bike to get them ready you know to move up into the uh premier division and you need that and looking back when i first got into the sport back you know 2000 you had super trackers you had the 883 so you had multiple facets where guys could get seat time and help them develop to you know be competitive the grand national level so i think it's important that you have that type of a production bike where it gives them that opportunity to be on a framer on a bigger track or a half mile or whatever it may be it's a lot different than i'm sure riding a single you know on, on, on similar tracks i agree with you 100 percent, tim um are there any riders that you're particularly excited to watch i know several riders are moving up to the aft twins class i know we're not sure who's gonna be running the aft you know the production twins class but we got some of these youngsters moving up into the aft singles class are there any riders that you're really excited about watching you know i think brandon price is you know, he's on a good bike great team he's talented i'm thinking he's gonna be a lot of fun to watch pj jacobson coming back into the series with uh the cool beth Miller team It'll be interesting to see how well he does. It's been a few years since he's, you know, raced flat track. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. The production twins class, I'm getting a few orders coming in here. So we'll see. We'll, you know, we'll see how, how that evolves also. Um, I think it'll be fun to watch some of these young, younger guys uh, move up and, and get out of twin a little bit more often. I know. I'm looking forward to it. I, I really am. Okay, so um, to have a to have a third division. I gotcha. I'm I'm excited about it too. We've we've talked about some of your projects. We talked about X Games giving you the freedom of doing some wild and crazy plates, and we talked about Kenny Coolbest final season. Um, we talked about Jeffrey Carver's plates. 
Uh, you also did the place for the Astro Invitational. Tell us about, you know, who inspired that? Did you come up with the the whole idea or the design, and and how did all that work out? Um, actually, I worked with uh, Charlie Roberts on that, um, specifically to come up with a plate that they could auction off and for the charity. And so he and I both worked together. They had the Class of '79 artwork, and I laid them out and you know, worked with the riders to get their proper fonts and so on and so forth. And so it was a project that I worked, and I've worked on a similar project with Charlie in the past. Um, and so there are, there are fun projects where, you know, people like Charlie put their faith and trust in you and to do a, to do a decent job. And, you know, I'm honored, honored to be that guy. And I work quite a bit with Charlie on different things to things that they can sell. Um, try to put some money together and help help those that might get injured you know help them out a little bit it's tough yeah, absolutely uh you also did a, a really cool kind of like a tribute bike uh for alec muth they called the alec muth bud bike uh explain what that yeah. was for and you know obviously we lost alec at the at the race in rapid city south dakota mm -hmm. so talk to us about that project um, Mark Muth and Kevin from the radio station up in Neosville, Wisconsin, WCCN, contacted me about the possibility of, you know, coming up with something on a bike that um, WCCN auctions, uh, they don't auction off, but you can sign up for it at different stores and in shops throughout central Wisconsin, and they have a drawing probably in April or May in you know, somebody will win the bike and, you know, Mark contacted me and talked to me about different ideas on what we could do. And so I, uh, put it together and, um, I, I worked with uh, Kevin quite a bit at WCCN also. And so we put this project together in, in honor of Alec and I'm proud of that one for sure. And, you know, knowing the use probably since I've just about started doing this deal. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sad that we lost Alec. who's one of the writers that I've been doing work for for some time also. Yeah, but it's absolutely. But to be contacted to do this project and be part of it. That's and really this cool. This will be the last Bud bike. This will be the last bike that they do put out. Um, this is it. <laughs> WCCN is yeah. no longer going to be doing it, and um, so this is it. Yeah, I got you. Well, at least your your signature, so to speak, is on the last one. That's really cool. And you also did a lot of stuff to help out Brad the Bullet Baker and, and Bullet Strong. Uh, what all did you do to help Brad in, in his recovery? You know, I just uh, – Andrea contacted me, and we put together some decals. Uh, bullet strong decals and um, George Mack also contacted me to do some t-shirts and Jared and I put together some number plates and Jared contacted me and donated a bunch of number plates um, for Brad and and so just try to do what we could to help you know help generate some you know money to help them through this rehabilitation process and therapy that he's going through absolutely um, and i know that they're having a benefit for him i believe it raise 
in yep. Michigan coming up next weekend. So yeah, coming up pretty soon. I'm sending out that way for that also. That's awesome. Um, like I said, you're a busy, busy guy. So if somebody um, wants to get a, if somebody wants to get a hold of you to to buy some number plates or some stickers or sounds like you design just about anything. Uh, you said earlier that you don't have a website. So what's the best way to get a hold of you? Is that through Facebook? Yeah, do the Facebook thing, um, Instagram. You can call me if you want. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, go through Scotty Dubler. He's gonna be handling <laughs> all that stuff for me from now on out. <laughs> yeah, so so I'll just I'll just have a I'll just have a notepad beside my microphone in the announcer's booth, and if you need a number plate. I'm just kidding. Right on. <laughs> I'll, I'll, just have to, I'll just have to keep a stack of your business cards right there with me, and then everybody who comes up there, I can just give them one of those. How's that? Since since you made my 43 Perfect. stickers, you know, I mean, why not? Perfect. Perfect, man. Yeah, I think I, I think what I need now, since I've got 43 stickers, I think I might need some off the groove stickers, maybe some off the groove T-shirts or some Sky Dubler T-shirts. Man, I'm I mean, you're just you're getting me all excited. It's not even race time yet. <laughs> I know we got a few uh, few weeks to go here. You should you should swing on up here. It's really nice out right now. Yeah, it's beautiful. Outside. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I have enough clothes to put on my body to even venture into uh, Wisconsin right now. Ah, uh, it's it's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're at the part of the uh, podcast where it's time for Graham's question, and Graham is my grandma. That's Kathy, and she goes to more oh. races than I do, and uh, she wants to know. She says, your customer plates have become a staple in the flat track community. Where do you get your inspiration for these number plates? Where do I get my inspiration? You know, everything that I've ever done, it was about, about keeping it going from what Paul had started. So my inspiration just comes from what he had done years ago and to do it right. And uh, just... Never look back, man. Keep turning out good stuff. Keep my customers happy. My inspiration does come from the founder of the business to do to do right by what he would have done himself. That's great. And I love that. I love that answer. So uh, Graham's going to be proud of that one, too, I'm sure. So now we're at the very end where we do rapid-fire questions. So I'll ask you a question. You tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? Sure. What's your favorite racetrack? Lima. What's your favorite event to go to? Springfield. Okay. Pretty easy, what? huh? Yeah, I was like, man, you don't even hesitate. I love this. Most people always hesitate, and I got time to think of my next question. You're like on it. I'm not even ready for my next question. What? <laughs> I can what? start making shit up. <laughs> what, uh, what event haven't you been to that you hope to attend? Man. Um... I'll go with uh, Black Hills. Okay, the Sturgis Rally, the whole, the whole, the whole event, right? Uh, you know, too many people at the chip, so I'll go where it's a little quieter. Okay, you got to get the the Black Hills Half Mile, man. That's some good racing. That's a neat track, and it's old school car track, but it's put on some really good racing the last few years, especially. So, uh, what's your favorite flat track rider of all time? Scotty Dubler. Whatever. Tell me the truth. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I would have to say my my favorite was hanging out with Jay Springsteen. You know, there's a bunch of them, but 
man, there's a story behind that too, but I'm not going to get into that. But no, she was, he's badass through and through. And so you're just, you're just going to tease me with that little bit of information. There's something really cool and you're just going to drop okay. it like that. Come I, on. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going I'm to let this on you. Okay. Here back. I want to say it was the year that they had a national in superior Wisconsin. And, uh, I had just bought the business. I had containers full of window decals and stuff that Paul had that he would take to the track and sell. Well, my intent was not to go to the track and sell decals. I had other things to worry about, like getting business, making number plates. So Steve Kasten bought all the decals that I had and the boards to sell them because he would go and sell tires and so on and so forth. And there were some Jay Springsteen window decals in there. And somebody went up to Jay and showed him that. And he's like, where did you get that? I'm still with a pole place guy. And he's like, get him over here. And he proceeded to kind of give me a little bit of a riot act. I'm like, whoa, whoa, I just bought the business. Uh-huh. Sorry, man. Next thing I know, I'm inside the motor coach. And I'm doing all of Jay's work, his number plates, the stuff that he sold to so on so forth that uh didn't think it was going to end up that way but it worked out well and <laughs> came pretty close to Jay and judy over the years after that yeah that's awesome so you thought you're going to get your butt kicked and you end up having a, a repeat customer out of the whole deal i have yeah i did and i've <laughs> you know, i see jay whenever i see him it's always nice going up and talking to him and hanging out with him for a bit so yeah i did i that was fun good stuff that's awesome so uh what's your favorite item that you make you know i like doing the custom i like doing the dtx graphics actually the number plates are fun they're cool but i like making dtx graphics because it allows me to be creative there you go there you go you had to think a little bit on that one i mean you had some really fast answers the first two questions i think i'm are you slowing down i mean what are you doing hitting the red limiter i'm slowing i'm slowing i'm slowing down just for me, so I have time to think about my next question, huh? I got gotcha. you. So, <laughs> name a rider that you haven't worked with that you would like to work with. Wow. Um, I can't think of any right now. I'm pretty mm. much been able to work with most of them at awesome. some point. Uh, you know, and the twins, yeah, I've worked with pretty much everybody at one time or another. So, that's cool. I'm a, take a pass on that right now all right all right that's fine i, I let you think about it too and everything and we almost played the jeff we almost played the jeopardy music because it seemed like it was a full minute before you came out the answer so <sighs> I, know, know. I know i know i'm just i'm just you know since i got to hand out your business cards at the races i had to give you a hard time so uh yeah, who wins I'll it put your number on them no Go ahead. you can put 43s <laughs> on there but that's it so oh okay Last question for you. Who wins it all this year? Let's start with AFT Twins class. Who wins the championship? Jared's going to be a tough one to beat. So it's an easy pick. But the dark horse, man. You know, I'm going to stick with Jared. Okay. That's an easy right. one. Henry had a hell of a year, you know, and he's going to get better too. You know, it's going to be year two of that program together. So is Jeffrey. I mean, they're, this is his second year on the Indians also. It'll be fun. And look out for uh, Brandon Robinson. Exactly. Jerry Kennedy and, and Brent Armbruster. And then you have Brian Smith with the Howerton team this uh, 
this season. Uh, and Kawasaki's making that change. And you can't uh, forget about the Bauman brothers, Bronson and, and Breyer, uh, with Dave Zanotti and the Factory Indian program. So it's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Who, who's going to win the AF, AFT Singles Championship then? Uh, we'll go with, uh, I think Dan's going to back it up. Okay. With winning his championship last year. All right. Uh, look out for Morgan Mishler. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he got himself a ride. That That's going to be interesting. He's got himself a KTM also. So and I know he's excited. He's very mm-hmm. excited. Okay. So do you get bummed out when when at the AFT Grand Nationals, like the racetracks like the Meadowlands cover up all your number plates? Does that make you sick or does it make you sad or does that bug you at all? No, not at all. Okay. That's, all right. That's what it's, that's what I like best. Because then they have to get new it ones? Tells me it doesn't, see, it, no, it tells me that you really don't even need them. You can have them look however you want. <laughs> exactly. That's That's been my point for such a long time. Like MotoGP – they have all different colors and numbers and backgrounds and all this stuff. Yeah. And and we're using transponders anyway. So I think we should do right. like the X let's do like the X games plates and let these riders be creative and, and make their signature. Okay. I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of work, man. I don't, don't go that far with that whole X games thing. That's like uh, about a month worth of work. Just trying to get that thing all come together sometimes. Well, well, that sounds like more business for you. I mean, maybe I should start getting a percentage because I'm talking about it right now, and I'm going to hand out your business cards. So I think we're almost 50-50 <laughs> partners now. Uh, something like that. 49-51, how's that sound? Okay, I'll take it to 51. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about fair to me. Yeah, man, I definitely appreciate your time. Um, oh, we're at the end of the podcast cool. where here's your chance to say thanks to anyone. I know there's a lot of people that, that have – you, you bought your product and, and helped you out, but here's your chance to say thanks to anybody if you'd like. Man, I got to thank all these guys that are my customers. I'm very fortunate that uh, that they come to me. You know, it's without them, there would be no pro plates. It's been getting better and better every year again. And I can't forget to thank Lynn either. Um, you know, we have some guys kind of rolling by the place here every now and then and spending a few nights at our house. She doesn't really even know them. Uh, and she allows that to happen, lets me go to the races and do this stuff and lets me have a good time. So really appreciate having her behind me in, in all this effort also. Um, Got to thank you for having me on this the show, I, even though nobody listens to it from what I've heard. But. Right, exactly, I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> especially this one (laughs) well at least we had fun oh you know what it's always good seeing you and talking to you man you too man for sure i definitely appreciate the time and uh look forward to seeing you maybe uh maybe make it down to daytona and we'll hang out and you can come bug me when i'm trying to work and i'll hand out your business cards right on sounds good scott thank you all right tim hendrick from pro plates thank you you have a good evening too I always love the outros because you and I just like who's gonna start it? Who's gonna go? Is it you? Hey, guess what? What? Now, now I'm 51 percent owner in Pro Place. That is amazing. The interview just from that conversation. I mean, that's what I got from it. I think you you just need to sign the contract. I I think. I wonder if I need to send him my address. I know I'll send him my routing number and my account number for my bank and, and just have them start making the direct deposit. I like how it progressed through the interview. Like at first, you, you know, he, you were just going to help him sell and then you were going to hand out business cards. 
and then you needed your own stuff um, and then now you're owning half or a little bit less than half the company. It's pretty badass. No, I, I own 51%. Oh, I is that what he said? I think you're no, flipping that's what that, I said. but that's, okay. That's what I said. Yeah. Part owner of uh, Pro Plates. How does it feel? It's, it's pretty cool. I think I'm going to have to get a new house. Um, I need a bigger <laughs> car. You know, I'm, I'm sitting pretty comfortable now. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this. I need I need my own recording studio instead of doing it here in this little one. I'll yeah. have to step up a little bit. Yeah. Um, next is a big sponsor for the Off the Groove podcast. Do you need and a sponsor then, now that you own half that company? Or is that are they just going to... No, I, I need everything I can get. Okay. Have you not figured out I'm a greedy person? I'm an only I child. I have figured that out, yeah. Okay, all right, yeah. So I've got to have, you know sponsor for this yeah what I, what I want to i think i need a sponsor for my pit walk you should and do I'm just that brain, i'm just brainstorming right now yeah is aft gonna let you do that i have no idea <laughs> scotty's scotty's sponsor hunting anybody that's listening give scotty a call or contact me i'll broker your deal you know, sounds good i'm gonna go play on the ice man i'm kind of jealous um have fun with that i'm putting, and- I'm putting studs in my shoes you probably should to be safe. Otherwise, you'll fall on your ice. <laughs> you see what I, I, I don't want to. I don't fall on my ice. Oh, and boy. my mom and my stepdad are gonna go, and uh, maybe my aunt and uncle are going too. So it's nice. Pretty, pretty cool. Little little uh, little reunion with the family at the on the ice. That'll be great. I hope they sit in the seats. Oh boy. All right. <laughs> Have fun this weekend, man. We'll talk to you next week. Smash that like button. Smash that like button. I thought I was tell gonna all, say you tell better all get your that friends. in. Yeah. Tell all your friends. Yeah. And what else? We'll talk to you next week. Keep it on two wheels. Keep it on two wheels. Stay warm. How about stay warm? Stay warm. Yeah, because it's getting cold out there. Negative degrees a lot of places. Not in Florida where you're at. No, it's, I mean, it's not negative, but it's down there. People are wearing jackets. At least you got your three-quarter sleeve vanilla cycle shirt on. Damn right, son. (laughs) Talk to you next week. Later, bro.